Hello, it is Monday, December 7th. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is another edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. And here are the topics for today. Just want to say I don't care about Mayweather versus Paul, and I don't think you should either if you don't. Um, why I think Jackson Wink MMA could have handled the Rafael the Freitas situation better. And if there's one thing I would encourage fighters to band together about right now, it would be being bullied into taking long UFC contracts. Try and force shorter deals, maybe two or three fights long, so you can negotiate or renegotiate every year or so. That would be in the fighter's best interest, and maybe even possible. And now, on with the show. There seem to be some people that are bothered by the fact that Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul are going to fight in an exhibition match in, in February. I'm not one of those people because I really don't care. Um, and the reason I don't care is a simple one. I have a choice to buy this pay-per-view or not. My choice is to not buy the pay-per-view. If people want to buy it, they're free to buy it. And I'm sure many people will and then i'm sure many people will complain about it after the fact if you purchase it and feel that you got clowned i don't really feel sorry for you because you knew this whole thing was going to be a farce from the get-go mayweather in a real boxing match would knock paul out fairly quickly despite the size difference it it would it's it you know in, in reality it's a not even competitive fight And if Mayweather wants to fight for real, it's going to be a short night. And maybe that'll happen because he'll just take his money and go home and count it and laugh all the way to the bank, which is kind of what he did against McGregor, except that people actually thought McGregor had a chance, which let's be honest, he didn't. Mayweather could have ended that quickly. He decided not to. And again, he took your money laughed all the way to the bank. I didn't buy that. I'm not going to buy this one. And for the MMA, you know, quote unquote purists that are up in arms about this, there's no reason that you should feel high and mighty because let's not forget the UFC had CM Punk fight. The UFC had James Tony fight. The UFC is not above doing these things for the same reason that Mayweather's going to do it money so don't act like this isn't this is some big to do it's not it's a fight a joke of a fight set up to make money for floyd mayweather and maybe logan paul but there's no reason to get mad about it because no one's saying it's a real fight and there's no reason to get mad about it because you don't have to watch it and there's no reason to get mad about it because It doesn't affect anything in the real, quote-unquote, real boxing world. It's just an exhibition, and its sole goal is to get your money. So why get mad? That's America. That's the whole idea of capitalism that everyone loves so much. Get money and walk away with that money. So it's, I don't understand. Is it people just mad for the sake of getting mad? Maybe, but you know what? I don't care now. I won't care on fight night. And if on February 21st, I find out that somehow or other Floyd Mayweather lost, I won't care then either. I mean, I'll laugh about that probably. 
but I won't care in the big picture because even if he lost, it's an exhibition and he got paid. So that's all it's about. No reason to get mad about it. No reason to give it the attention that people are giving it. The less attention, the less maybe it'll sell. If you don't like it, don't talk about it so much. Um, I just wanted to make this clear. It's just, I saw people get mad about it and it puzzles me why people get mad about it because big picture, you care or you don't care, but there's no reason to get mad. It's, you know, you watch it or you don't watch it. That's it. It's not, not real. It's just a way to get some cash. And if it works, good for Mayweather and Paul and whoever else is involved in it. That's it. That's all it is. So some issues hit Jackson Wink MMA over the weekend. A BJJ instructor who was listed as an instructor on the gym's website and who has cornered some UFC fighters was a uh, arrested and charged with um, a sex crime. And it's a third degree criminal sexual penetration. It was first reported by the Albuquerque Journal and later picked up by pretty much every website. Um, the instructor is Rafael de Fratas. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Um, I'll let you read the story about what happened and the charges and all that. But what I want to talk about is how this is being handled by Jackson Wink. And I think um, they've, they've totally dropped the ball on this as a gym. Um, and they're making the gym look guiltier than it is, than it might be. And I think that's a huge mistake on its part. And I think they're going to take a PR hit because of this. And it would have been much easier to handle it by just um, hitting it straight on. But instead, they're trying to send, I wouldn't say mixed messages, but at least confusing messages. So if you go to the catch cached version of the Jackson Wink MMA website, you'll find uh, the Fredas listed as an instructor. If you look at the updated website, he is not. Okay, so they they cleaned him from the website. And according to the MMA fighting story, he's uh, visible in some behind-the-scenes gym uh, videos. And and like I said, he's seen he's been seen cornering um, some UFC fighters, which is all well and good because unless Jackson Wink knew something and didn't do anything about it, which I don't get that idea that they did, then then this should not be an issue. But when uh, Jackson Wink spokesperson has been asked about this, as James Hallinan told a bunch of websites that the instructor was never an employee of Jackson Wink, um, and you know he's not and never has been, and okay. And that's fine. That's fine. But I think what the goal there is, is to say he wasn't an employee and maybe he was not an employee, but from all indications, he at the very least worked with the gym and some of the fighters at the gym and to say, and, and the way it's making it sound is if the, the, what the spokesman says, it makes it sound as if he had nothing to do with the gym, but he was at least associated with the gym at some time, at some point. And he was associated with the gym 
as far as it felt comfortable enough to put him on the website as an instructor. Again, maybe not a full, maybe not an employee, maybe a contractor, maybe just associated with the gym, but to, to put him as an instructor creates an image that he is maybe an employee or, you know, like I said, affiliated with the gym. And so what I would have done and what I probably would guess that many PR um, professionals would have told Jackson Wink to do is make a clearer statement. You know, you say, you could say he was never an employee of the gym. He was associated with the gym. He worked with, you know, pro fighters, amateur fighters, whatever, um, for a period of time when he was arrested or whatever, we, we cut ties with him. When we found out about it, we cut ties with him. He's no longer affiliated with the gym. We had no idea about this, you know, blah, 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 all that, you know, not to cover your ass unless again, there was knowledge, but again, I don't think there was, and I hope there wasn't. So these are the things you should do. I think in a situation like this, address it head on, you know, he, yeah, he was an instructor or he was affiliated, but he was never an employee. We cut ties with him. Here's why. Um, and then go on to covering what you as a gym think about the incident and, and what happened. But to just make a statement that he was never employed by the gym, I think creates doubt. And I think it creates a PR issue um, for Jackson Wink, not just Jackson Wink, the gym, but Greg Jackson, Mike Winkle, John, other fighters that are related, associated with the gym. Now they're going to be asked about this, which probably was not fair. It's not fair. So I think what happened here was a blunder on the part of Jackson Wink MMA. Uh, I think they handled it wrong, and that's just my opinion. But I think if they would have addressed it straight on and cleared up any doubt, that would have been the best bet. It would have been news for a couple days and then died out. I think handling it the way it did, the gym is going to keep getting questioned about this. Um, so if you are a gym or, you know, and something bad happens at that gym or you're a fighter or you're associated with anything that, that could, you know, that, that happens like a situation like this and you didn't have pre, if you didn't have knowledge before arrest or it came to light, then address it head on. I would, I would tell people to talk to a, a professional PR person before just winging it though, because if you just wing it, which it sounds like it's happening here, you can end up in more hot water and just having more problems than, than you need for something that you really you know, didn't have anything to do with. So just wanted to offer my opinion on that. So I want to talk a little bit now about UFC contracts and how they can come to an end. They can come to an end at any time for any real reason, for any reason. And we're going to see a lot of those contracts come to an end in these coming weeks and maybe a little longer because um, Dana White said 60 fighters are going to get cut. And my problem with the contracts is that they're one-sided. And I know the UFC fighters have very little power to negotiate anything in those contracts. But one thing I would like to see is the fighters stand up for the length of the contracts and fight that. Even if you can just fight one little thing, 
and I know that's not a little thing, but if you can fight one thing, fight the length of the contracts. And from what I understand, when a fighter re-ups, the length of the contract is kind of set in stone with the UFC. And it's not a short amount. So if it's four fights, five fights, six fights, seven fights, or more, try and try and work against that. If you're a top-name fighter um, and you have some worth or you're confident that you can turn things into your favor by winning big fights, negotiate, if at all possible, shorter contracts. That allows you to renegotiate every, you know, maybe every year. Maybe you do a three-fight contract, and so then you're looking at a year or a two-fight contract, which again, and depending on how active you are, a year. So two or three-fight contracts, I think, would be feasible. I know the UFC is going would fight that um, because it goes against their and the way they do business, but if you can, if fighters can just chip away at something little like that, chip, chip, chip away at that and decrease the number of fights in a standard contract, it would be a huge win for the fighters because that creates the option for free agency once a year. It creates the option for renegotiating the deal once a year. And it doesn't really change the fact that a fighter can be released. So if you can be released with nothing guaranteed uh, one fight into a seven-fight contract, well, that's the same as being released one fight for no reason with no guarantee, one fight into a three-fight contract. The difference comes down to the end of the contract. So you can renegotiate much more often on a shorter contract, which is what the UFC doesn't want. And that's why it offers, maybe not even offers, that's why it forces bullies, fighters into taking longer contracts and i know that that number looks great in the media that a fighter fi- signed a seven fight deal but the fact of that seven fight deal is it's a one fight deal because you can be released because you're an independent contractor you can be released for any reason at any time so why not take whatever little power you have and negotiate a shorter deal so you can cash in on yourself more often and get paid more because you know what percentage the fighters make of the revenue from the UFC. Get a little more of that. Chip away at that. It doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to be bullied into taking these long contracts. It it really needs to change. Someone needs to change something. And the media is going to support this. I, I, I have no doubt the media would support this. I think other fighters would support it. I think good managers would support it because if a fighter makes more money then a manager makes more money it it benefits the side of the equation that it should benefit so i think fighters should realize this when they are staring down a, a, a a huge cut in the roster and if they're on that if they're on the chopping block you know maybe you left a lot of money on the table by not signing a shorter deal by not renegotiating when you when you might have been able to, so if fighters get together, and I'm not, and I know the the uh, unionization thing is probably out of the question for a long while, but if fighters get together and just fight small pieces and band together, and say, you know what, we're not going to accept longer contracts anymore, then the UFC is going to be forced at some point 
to work with the fighters. But until that happens, the fighters are going to continue to lose. So if there's one thing I could change right now, thinking about how this whole um, purging of the roster is going, that would be it. I mean, big picture, I would love to say get guaranteed contracts, but come on, I know that's not going to happen for a long time, if ever. So if there's one thing I could say, work on getting shorter contracts and renegotiating more often or negotiating more often. Yeah, it's a bet on yourself, but it's better than just accepting a long deal because that's the way things always have been. I don't like that. And that's all I have for today. Until tomorrow, stay safe.